Zach Ellis, Commercial Credit Group. Thank you for joining the program here today. We had to get Mr. Zachary Ellis on our commercial credit, our finance guy, to talk about a couple different topics. One is the Dallas Federal Reserve came out with their second quarter, their oil and gas report. It's not looking good. Collapse in oil and gas activity. Employment deepens is the title of the report. And some very interesting, and and Zach, I I don't even know if you've had a chance to see this yet. I mean, it just came out in the last 24 hours, and I haven't looked through the entire thing, but at thecrudelife.com, we did kind of highlight a few things like the E&P and the oil field services firm as they continue to cut capital spending, conditions deteriorated further for oil field services firms, employment continued to contract, company outlook to remain negative, uncertainty looms. Those are just kind of some of the highlights amongst the actual percentages, you know, the, the, the different E&P activities falling and that sort of thing. So if you have a chance, go to thecrudelife.com and you can check out the different activity. Zach, this is nothing that you don't already know. I mean, you're out there beating the street. How many phone calls do you make in a week approximately? Do you, do you keep track of that stuff? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I once had an old sales manager tell me, inspect what you expect. And uh, that's kind of stuck with me. So, yeah, I I do. I track everything from phone calls to emails to inbound to outbound. Uh, I just looked on the phone system that I used. There was 637 outbound calls, which is around 128 calls a day. So, folks, I'm out here. We're calling on customers again as we press last week i'm visiting customers three weeks out of the month just like where i was before when it was october november december customers and now i'm calling customers now more than ever because doors are closed people are working from home the ceos decision makers director of operations all those guys are either a working from home or it's a skeleton crew so we're still reaching out to customers and that's something that i really wanted to present today is if it's not possible to meet in person and talk about your business and your financials and your equipment financing and where you're going next, phone call, spend five minutes, spend 10 minutes, connect with me on LinkedIn. I've talked to probably 40 or 50 people in the last two weeks, just on LinkedIn, going back and forth. Hey, this is our situation. We're looking to do X, Y, Z. We want to refinance. We want to add equipment. We want to, um, you know, we're looking at factoring. We have a great factoring source. Commercial Funding, Inc. is owned by Commercial Credit Group uh, as a whole. It's actually one of our subsidiaries. And with factoring, again, that's an immediate cash flow. So there's a lot of different options, Jason. Well, there are a lot of different companies that really need some help, but they don't know what to do. And that's what's so frustrating for so many people right now, at least the people I talk to. You know, they, 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 they do need money. and But more importantly... They need business. And what I mean by that is is they're not certain what's going to happen next. And that's where that whole uncertainty thing comes in. And I've been telling people that, you know, quite honestly, the oil and gas industry should be a leader through this economic uh, uncertain downturn, pandemic, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, shutdown. The oil and gas industry has it, it, it. is uncertainty it's a volatile market it's unpredictable there's ups and downs and booms and busts and oil prices and rig counts and there's so much uncertainty but that's just 
status quo. That's quid pro quo. That's all part of the daily grind of oil and gas. So um, it's interesting that this has even affected that. If, if you know what I mean, Zach, that this uh, pandemic has even paralyzed a lot of the oil and gas industry into even taking meetings or, you know, allowing your mind to expand beyond next month. It's just interesting how the industry has dealt with uncertainty for so long with such stride, yet this has just really rocked it to its core. Do, do, do you know what I mean by that, Zach? Sure, sure. You're 110% right. I, I couldn't agree more. And I was having a conversation with Eric, our, my construction counterpart that covers the same territory. Um you know, I cover Longview to Midland, Odessa, and all the way up to Oklahoma, but I help customers all throughout the U.S., but that's my assigned territory, per se. But me and Eric had a conversation last night, and he said, Zach, let me tell you, he said, I've been with Commercial Credit Group for almost seven years now, and I have noticed when things were good and blowing and going, he said it would take you seven or eight stoplights. In Odessa, they're on 385. It would take you seven or eight stoplights just to get through that light. And he said, now it would take you maybe one light to get through the intersection. And it's true. The last couple of times I've been out there, there's been, there's no activity, obviously with oil prices being down, we're seeing less and less customers out there working and less and less customers are there in the office. When they're busy, they can't talk to you. And now when things are slow, you would figure this is the time that a customer would talk to you. So again, if your office is closed, we understand the severity of COVID-19 and, uh, wearing face mask and, and keeping a social distance from people, but there's nothing that can't stop you from making a phone call, calling 682-386-7973, because an independent source is the way to go right now. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a uh, bank counterpart, and me and Jason hit on that here in just a minute, but that's definitely something to think about. I did want to mention an email that I got in at jason at thecrudelife.com. Of course, people reach out to me at my personal email, jason at the crude life. We get emails through our Facebook accounts. We get emails through our LinkedIn accounts, even YouTube uh, comments, etc. So all kinds of different ways to get in touch with us. All kinds of different ways for people to ignore us, too, as we're talking about here. You know, that's that's the interesting thing in today's wired world. Boy, there's a lot of different ways people can ignore me. But this uh, particular article that I just got emailed to us, it's interesting as we're talking. The headline reads, oil and gas industry feels financial squeeze. And it's just kind of going through North and South America and even Europe about how just throughout the entire industry, it's feeling the COVID-19 freeze and, and just the, the, the squeeze, I mean, and how the opportunities are still available for some, it talks about. But then it gets into some of the bigger companies, how they've ran, managed to raise some new debt and et cetera. I, I bring it up because I wanted to talk about opportunities that exist out there in North Dakota, it's 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 more of a controlled market. Um, they're open for doing business, but it's so controlled that it's difficult. And and now what they're doing is they're converting some COVID nineteen dollars to do some oil and gas activity there. So even those opportunities are controlled as well. Permian's a little bit different story, uh, where there's still a little bit of capitalism that exists down there. Uh, you mentioned to me the other day 
that you were talking to some of your banker friends and boy, you guys were swapping some stories that really, it, it, it did kind of explain that capitalism still exists a little bit more down in the Permian, but at the same time, there's some other, I guess, tentacles, uh, uh, I guess, showing their, showing their, their spots or getting their fingers in there. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. Obviously, as most of you would expect, it being in the equipment finance sector, we interact with each other, whether we work at a bank entity or an independent sector. So being in touch with each other, obviously, we're noticing more and more banks are being reserved on what they're lending money on. But even more so, I think um, after this entire period, we're going to see some of the guidelines, meaning the qualifications that need to be met to finance equipment. I feel like they're going to be um, quite restricted, to, to be completely honest. Um, and even a recent conversation I had, a colleague said, hey, Zach, honestly, you're probably a lot better off in the independent sector versus a bank, because if a customer doesn't fit that specific model, then we're not going to do that. And especially even more so that it's oil and gas. Obviously, we know how volatile oil and gas is, but, you know, I, I'm logged on to here on LinkedIn and the uh, customer that I work with just posted an article that says shale oil recovery seen taking years after decade of excess and Kind of just scanning through it, it says there's a sense the shale industry is snapping back to life with continental resources, EOG, and parsley energy all saying they're restarting closed wells. So this may be good news for the oil and gas market, but again, the independent sector is a completely different animal. Our rates are competitive. We're willing to look at any equipment uh, that you may have either sitting on your yard if it's paid off and you need capital or if you're adding new debt and you need a new piece of equipment, feel free to reach out because most of these customers, again, everyone has relationships set out with their business bank. That an independent source isn't a bad phone call to make at the absolute very least. And I'm out in the permian usually every other week, so you can consistently catch me out there. Well, here's what I'm going to say, and you can tell me I'm crazy. You can tell me to go go jump off a cliff, or or you can agree with me, or just not even comment. But as we're doing this interview, there's you know a handful of days left before that PPP money runs out and the government money runs out um, at the end of June. And that's really when the independent market starts to just take off. And so what I'm telling people is that you probably want to get a handle on this before it gets out of control. Um, we're talking about trickle down, trickle down economics here. This is nothing new. This is what's been going on since Margaret Thatcher started it in England and Reagan basically started it in the United States. Now, some argue it started before Reagan. That's fine. We're not going to get into that argument. But during the Reagan administration is when they really did usher in a lot of credit, a lot of banking regulations, and then also a lot of the trickle down theory. So when we take a look at what's just happened with the three trillion, seven trillion dollars that they just gave out to people, depending on which budget you want to look at. Uh, there's no question, though, um, trillions of dollars went into the financial sector, went into the uh, marketplace, not homes, but into businesses. Take a look at where that money went. It started at the top. The very first PPP went to the biggest companies, under 500 people. And even the, even the airlines, the airlines and the... Um, Cruise and, and um, you know, some of the big companies like that got bailed out right away. That's how trickle economics work. 
So if you didn't get any of that or didn't get a part of it or weren't a, a, a deal of that, now is the time because essentially it's supposed to trickle down to you. Where the trickle-down economics has, has been failing is it stops. Somewhere along the line it stops, and, and I don't know if it's a new boat or a new yacht or a second home or a third home or a new country or an island. Things get purchased, and so it doesn't trickle down all the way. That's where the, all the ulterior financing comes in just incredibly because a lot of that's where the trickle-down works in its theory and in its, in its class. And, and um, so anyway, I just wanted to put that out there that uh, I, I think now is a really good time for people to either give you a call or, or somebody, you know, if they got their own finance per person um, to really get a handle on this. Do you know what I mean by that? I, I, did, I didn't mean to get too existential, but I, I do at times. Um, the BPP's money is, is running out and people are going to need different forms of financing. Without a doubt, without a doubt, you're 110% correct. I, I think the notion that a lot of people have when, and maybe when they're listening to this show is they hear independent, they hear alternative financing, or they hear, um, you know, non-bank financing. And, and I want people to understand this as a whole, and some people may understand it, and some people not. We've seen for years the oil and gas industry, there's there's private equity. It's just it's a nature of the beast. When you get into companies that need 20 and 50 and 100 million dollars to operate, there's going to be private equity. We're not a private equity entity, but we're also not a bank. There's plenty of banks out there that will lend large, large sums of money. But what I want people to understand is, A, commercial credit group is not a broker. B, commercial credit group is an independent lender in the equipment finance industry meaning every dollar we lend is our own money and we service every account so when you call and make a payment you're making it to commercial credit group you're going to deal with a customer service representative there's only six of them and i know each of them by name and their kids names b if there's a problem on your account and you say hey zach i can't make my payment this month or i can't make it on the 15th okay hey how much can you pay on XYZ date? And then let's set up a payment plan in the future because what we want to do is we want to help customers to expand their business. We understand that business hap uh, things happen in business, excuse me. But we also understand that nothing's going to stop at the end of the day. When you still wake up, you've got to put one leg in your jeans just like everybody else, and business has to continue as usual. So if you find yourself looking for an answer to a problem with your equipment and your fleet, feel free to call me. Our rates are competitive just like everybody else is out there. We lend all of our own money. We have a dedicated customer service team. We have a factoring company. And we even have some inventory that you can buy for $0 down. And that's a huge thing right now. I can't tell you how many pieces of equipment we've sold to current customers that need equipment right now that can't find it. So much of the diver diversification is going on with the equipment. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's He had to get into a, basically a whole new line of equipment because he had one piece that was essential to basically do a kind of a lateral move, if that makes sense. So, I mean, it's he's still doing some oil and gas work, but he got into the decontamination and kind of fighting some of the COVID stuff, but he's basically using the trucks. And so the trucks were the, were the part, but he had to buy all kinds of new equipment. But like you said, he had to, he had to basically um, 
use his equipment to buy other equipment. So they're out there. The stories are out there about people that are reinventing themselves by taking chances, basically, I guess, on themselves and what they've already created. So um, what else is happening down there? Are you got any trips planned? I do. I do. Um, I was going to travel this week, but I was obviously with it being end of month, I was trying to figure finish up uh, a few big deals that I had and, and figure what we had coming uh, next month. But what I do have set up is next week I will be taking a trip up to Tulsa. We've got a few ready mix customers we're going to go talk to up there. And then we have a refinance deal from uh, one of the local Freightliner dealers there. We're going to go and talk to a customer about. And then the second week of July, I will be back in the Permian. So we're probably looking at the June 30th through the 3rd of July. I will be in Oklahoma, and then I'll come back Tuesday, July 7th through the 10th. I will be in Odessa. We've got a few meetings set up, but again, when you think alternative financing, when you think non-bank financing, revert back to what I just stated. It's... It's, it's not bank financing. It's different guidelines. It's different equipment. It's a completely different game, and it can change your entire business model from where you're at now to where you'll be in the next 30, 60, or 90 days. So if you have equipment that you need refinanced or maybe you need capital because insurance has gone up or the COVID helped or COVID hurt your business, I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't get PPP money. Maybe you didn't get money from the SBA loans. Whatever else you may have applied for, if the money didn't come through, now is the time to call because I'll tell you what, we're going to have another conversation come middle of July, and I think everything will be different. I think we're going to be incredibly swamped. I think we're going to see a lot more applications come in for financing, and it's better to get in sooner than it is later because once all those applications are backlogged, we have to work each of them individually, but we're going to be giving customers answers, and it's going to happen quick. I got a little prediction for you. What's going to end up happening is is the PPP money is going to run out and all of these businesses that really aren't doing much business. I mean, I, I talked to a guy the other day who does the, um, you know, the, the trampoline parks. You know what I mean? Where you, you can go inside and they got about five or six of those giant trampolines and you jump around and it's a great. Yeah, the know, indoor. Yeah, the, in, the, the indoor human popcorn machine, that one. And... Um, Boy, he what did he say? He did a hundred and eighty thousand last year in June, and he did fifteen thousand this year. So, my point is, is that these are real stories, and the PPP money essentially, if you take a step back, almost really just became a satellite unemployment offices for a lot of these businesses. So, the minute that money runs out, people are going to be flocking to the unemployment offices looking for for uh, money. Now there's going to be a different sector that's going to be that, a smaller one that's going that's going to come out of this and those are the people that want to start businesses. People that say, "You know what? Now is the time for me to start my new business idea." And boy, that is where the independent market just takes off because there ain't a bank in the world that's going to look at a startup right now. And that's why I believe you're going to be flooded in the second half is because a lot of people are going to get laid off. You know, they got a little bit of savings and they got a little bit of collateral and this and that. So now's their, now's their time. They're going to take their chance. Um, so you're going to have all kinds of different things happening in July. So, uh, I, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I'm reading the tea leaves a little bit, Zach. And I would, you know, heard you say that 
you and your colleagues are expecting a busy July, and I think your August is going to even be even busier. So let's just, you know, you might want to get the, the, the phone calls going. By the way, I do want to ask you this question as we wind down. Uh, I wanted to validate your, your point and then transition to the final, final thoughts here. Uh, when I used to sell real estate, I did that for a couple of years to basically do, do a real estate publication. And I was amazed at the amount of phone calls between a mortgage lender and, and the person buying a house before they actually got approved or, or went to the next step of even like meeting them. Sometimes it was four or five times. Um, how often, by the way, do, do you guys have an average of how often somebody calls you and you talk to them before you guys actually sit down and go over things? Because you're dealing with people's money and I get it. Sometimes people want to, heck, they, they, they want to vet you. They want to see if, you know, you that the cut of your jib is right and things like that. So do you guys have like a, a number like that? Do you keep track of anything like that? Certainly on a personal level, I do. Um, I'm sure the company has some sort of uh, statistics that they use as far as outbound calls. We use a CRM, which is a customer relationship management system. Um, essentially it logs all of our customers, but, it, but yeah, I mean, I would say money's an intimate topic for anybody and even more so when guys are going to finance millions of dollars worth of equipment so that's why we usually like to go out and meet a customer first but i'd probably say it's it's anywhere from two to four phone calls when a guy before we talk about before he sends in his application so we'll talk a couple times he'll call obviously uh, for the first time and say hey this is my situation this is the equipment i have money i owe this is what i'm looking to do looking to add a few pieces and then we may talk again, and I'll let them know, hey, this is what I need, X, Y, Z, as far as documents. And then, obviously, once they send everything in, there's probably a third phone call there. But, again, we try to understand that the customers are busy. And, obviously, most of the time you're dealing with a business owner, they don't have time to take three, four, five, six phone calls. So, if it can be one phone call, it's a lot easier. We'll let a customer know, explain what we think the best scenario for them is, the documentation that's needed, and then what they can expect for a timeline. Um, moving forward on whatever the case might be, whether it's a refinance or a loan purchase money. How can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about uh, some finances and some loans and some some hope for the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. 682-386-7973. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just type in Zachary Ellis, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-E-L-L-I-S. And Jason will actually link that on the interview there. But make sure you follow me, connect with me on LinkedIn. Even if you're not thinking about doing something right now and you want to do something down the line, connect with me. If you have a friend in the industry or a colleague or a family member in the industry that is looking at buying equipment or refinancing equipment or somebody that just wants an ear to say, hey, this is the problem that I'm going through. What do you think the best scenario for me is? And I'll tell you, if it's not a fit for Myself here at Commercial Credit Group, again, I have colleagues in the industry. If it's not even in the equipment finance sector, I'll try to give you my input no matter what. But if it's in the equipment sector, I'll do my best to steer you in the right direction.